0: Well this is a kind of an in between week as we finished off our our series uh of life change and next week we start into a brand new series called the not-so-ordinary family as we look for four weeks really about what does today's family look like how does it function how does it has it really manage this world and so we'll start that off next week on, on check it out Sunday that Sunday where we have really encouraged all of you to invite someone a friend a family to come along and, and kind of pack this place out this past week uh, uh, on Facebook, uh, Dan Kidder had posted something on Facebook, a picture out uh, with him working on some pansies, he said. And, and uh, you know, so the word pansy alone opens up just fun conversations. So, uh, so what you saw in there was just this dialogue of basically puns back and forth, uh, having a good time, but as, as we shared these puns, and, and I enjoy them, uh, Dan decided to, to make a comment on there that said, uh, he said a pun, and he said, I'm halfway to being a preacher. <laughs> what? The nerve of this guy. What's he trying to say here? Someone actually asked me about a year back or, or so. They, they said, do all preachers make puns in their sermons? Is that kind of a requirement? And I said, yes, it is a requirement. Okay. Um, Amanda here. Uh, she's actually taken a preaching course. I'm sure by now you've gone through that section. So I thought this morning, we're talking about the Word of God this morning, so I'm just going to open up with all of them, okay? And you're just going to get them all to start off here. So you can measure your enjoyment of these by your groans, okay? No applause and, and, and laughter necessary. You can just groan if you need to. That's that perfectly fine this morning. I won't take any offense, um, though Dan and I still, we still have issues, but... Um, <laughs> I won't take any offense to anyone else this morning. Is there a, where's the first tennis match ever mentioned in the Bible? Do you know this one? It's when Joseph served in, in Pharaoh's court. Right there. Okay, a little bit of groan. You're getting the hang of it. Um, a little bit. So which Bible character had no parents? Joseph, the son of none. No parents. What kind of man was Boaz before he got married? He was ruthless. Ruthless. His wife was Ruth. Very good. What's one of the things that Adam and Eve did after getting kicked out of the Garden of Eden? They really raised Cain. <laughs> what excuse did Adam give to his children as to why they no longer lived in the Garden of Eden? He said, your mother ate us at a house and home. <laughs> That's it. Those are, those are pretty good. Should we go on? I think I, I come up with some off the top of my head, I think. No, I don't know. I don't know. The answer is, I don't know, Why pastors. It just feels right for us. So... We do it, right? All right? So um, that's just how it is. This morning, though, that's what we're going to talk about is God's Word, not the puns. We're going to talk about God's Word. What does God's Word have to say, and why is it even central for us? Now, right away this morning, I would guess there's some of you that have been in the church world a long, long time. I mean, you know this church thing inside and out. You kind of know how it functions. And many of you, you've already heard a message on God's word and why we should be in God's word, and you got it in your head. You probably could come up and share the message this morning, punless, you could share the message with us this morning. But nonetheless, if there's anything as believers we need to be reminded of and impacted over and over and over, it's how central this word is to our faith. You see, without this word, we don't know really who God is. Without this word, we don't know our purpose in God. Without this, we don't even understand our nature and our nature of rebellion from God. And then we don't understand how God is passionate about redeeming us to himself. We certainly don't understand the plan he put in place to redeem us by the blood of Jesus Christ and Jesus dying on the cross. And we don't understand how he wants to function in our life daily, how he wants to teach us and guide us, give us great joy, the Bible says, and to live in peace as well. How do we know these things? We know these things because of God's word, because of his word. In fact, if anybody has taught you a lesson on that, it's because they knew God's word. You see, that's where it comes from. That's the source. And so it's really odd for us often as believers that we find ourselves spending so little time in this word. In fact, we often function on kind of what we know. I liken it to kind of the uh, the instruction manual method for us men. Uh, guys, have you ever opened up a new box of something? You know, you got to put together, a, you know, a bookshelf or you know a TV, coffee table or something. But instead of going to the instructions and opening them up like this and starting one, two, three, and four we go off what we already know, right? I mean, we made something two years ago. How could this be much different? So we just jump in at it, and we have to encounter some difficulty in the process before we say, well... Maybe I should look at this. What is, oh, step 5. Okay. All right, I'm actually supposed to take the wrapper off of it first. All right. I mean, we crazy things sometimes. And that's how we look at God's word. Sometimes we we jump into our life and we live our life day in and day out. We go go go. We make decisions in our life. We make relational decisions. Who should I date? You know, who should I not date? Who should I let my kids date? Who should I not let my kids date? We make all kinds of decisions in our life. Should I buy this car? Should I not buy this car? Should I move to this neighborhood? Should I accept that job, on and on and on, and we often do it without ever actually looking in God's instruction manual, and we hit some difficulty in our life, some crazy situation in our life, and then it's like, ah, I should have looked over here. Oh, I see in step five. I see what God's saying here and what he wanted me to do in the first place. There's nothing more central to your Christian growth and my Christian growth than us knowing the word and being in the word. And so this morning, I wanted to take a look this morning at a... um, a couple passages that really talk to us. Number one, it's in Acts chapter 2, verse 45. And if you know this section of Scripture, you know that this is kind of the, the blueprint print for the early church. In fact, you may have heard o- over the years, preachers share this, and, and they share it with kind of vision and strategy planning for their church and how we're going to be as a church. And our church is, is no different. One section of this in, in Acts Two forty-two. there's one line here that says that they devoted themselves this is the followers the disciples they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching you see what it's talking about here is they devoted themselves to learning and when it says the apostles teaching and we're talking about the apostles opening up God's word and sharing it reading it orating it talking about it giving commentary on it and that's what we find very very early on in the church that at the beginning of the book of acts the church started to explode because they were hearing god's word they were letting the holy spirit run loose on what they heard in god's word and run their life and these type of amazing things happen And we know the church grew you know hands down number wise in the book of acts alone uh and it starts with this passage. And so i want to look in the book of Acts as it's going on. There, we hit this passage where we, we hear about this group who greatly values the Word of God, or at least hears the Word of God. And I thought this morning, let's talk about how this is significant for us. Uh, many of you, even though you may not be kids anymore and you don't go to school and sit in school, for some reason it still seems like our our... Our life is somewhat dictated by that school calendar and the semester system somewhat plays into in fact often if i'm not thinking clear enough as i'm writing the emails to you uh it's what i'll say i'll say this semester we're doing this as if you know i was a college professor uh sharing to you uh because it seems like our mind is stuck that way we're we're about to launch into a new one uh in just just a few days already actually your kids are in school And it seems like our life starts to fill up and so this morning i thought it was an important time to hear this passage from the book of acts and it's actually in chapter 17 11 and 12 are the verses so if you want to take a look there uh and follow along that you can do this. We're talking about this group called the Bereans. We don't know a ton about the Bereans in Scripture. It's just very little that we get from them. But here's a passage that is very descriptive about them. And not only descriptive, but I think everything that happens in this passage is directly relatable to us as believers. Can I confess to you that there's times for me where I look back on my week and go, man, I really... I really didn't get into the Word. Now, I am always seem to be studying for a sermon uh, or something like that for some future teaching date, but what about the time of just getting into God's Word and just letting Him speak to me personally? There's times where I myself look back and go, wow, I didn't even let God do that this week. And so as I share this this morning, please know that this passage speaks to me the same way that it speaks to you. We're really in this together as believers, challenging one another to get in God's Word and to hear God's word. So Acts chapter 17, uh, verse 11 and 12 here. I'm going to start in verse 10 to give you some context. It says, as soon as it was night, the brothers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. There was some trouble that had just happened in Thessalonica beforehand, and uh, and it was getting a little hot and heavy, and so the believers wanted to protect Paul and Silas, so they, they sent them on, and this is kind of a temporary stopover. It wasn't on the itinerary, and they sent them to the town of Berea. So Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. I mean, these guys, they couldn't help it. They, they had to share about Jesus. And so as soon as they went into Berea, wasn't on the itinerary, wasn't the plan, they immediately went to the synagogue where the Jewish religious people would be would be hanging out, and they started to teach, and they started to share about Jesus. Remember, the Jews at the time, they didn't, they didn't know Jesus as the Messiah. They were looking for a Messiah, but they didn't know Jesus as them yet. Certainly here in Berea, they didn't. And so There was Paul and Silas there. Verse 11. Now the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Many of the Jews believed, as did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. That's about what you know about the Bereans in the Bible there, as you find. We find that they are called more noble than the Thessalonians there. Why? Because of the things we're going to talk about this morning. We find that they eagerly received the message, and they searched the Scripture to make sure it was true. Now, we're in a political season, right? I mean, you're, you're bombarded with ads every moment on the television or if you're on the internet or maybe recently you watched some of the Republican National Convention and, and we'll watch maybe some of the Democratic National Convention coming up. I mean, we're bombarded with things. It's very, very easy to listen to something and to get very raw rawed up, right? Because, I mean, many, many of those speeches are designed to do that for us, to excite us, to raw us up and to... To get us to say yeah that's right and clap but for many of you you know that's not enough for you you listen to those speeches you listen to things and what do you do you go and you research I want to see if this is accurate I want to see what if they're really talking about if that's true I want to see if they do do what they're saying they do what will that affect us in five years ten years and some of you love to dig and to research well you would be in the camp of the Bereans here because what we find here is not only did they receive it with great eagerness but we find that they searched the scriptures to make sure it was true. Now, I think I have a pretty good relationship with most of you out out here. I think you trust me, and and, and I, I would hope, like me to some degree, but you should never just take my words. You should never just take my sermons and say, that's good enough for me. You should jump into that word and search it. Search it. And you should let God's word impact you. You should even search it if, if I say something and you go, hmm, I'm not quite sure on that one. Maybe he misquoted there. And search the scriptures. Is that offensive to me as a pastor? No, it's biblical that we get in God's word because the Bereans, they had eagerness, But they searched and researched at the same time. So let's look at verse 11 to the start. It says, Now the Brians were a more noble character than the Thessalonians. He certainly thought higher than them. And they received the message with great eagerness. Now when you hear the word eagerness, what do you think of there? I think of eagerness like anticipation, excitement, expectation. I think of like when you take your kids to the amusement park, and there's that ride they want to go on, and you can see it on their face the excitement and the eagerness to get on that ride now they don't have that because they think they're going to get on that ride and it's going to stink and it's going to be terrible it's going to be really really boring but they know if they just go on it it'll be good for them you know not those kind of things like eating your vegetables i mean they go on that ride because they expect great excitement because they expect it's going to be a good time. Now, a few years back, Shre and I decided that, I don't know, maybe, maybe turn of the stomach-wise or older, I don't know, but my day of the roller coaster was over. Uh, we hit about the the Batman ride, and we went about five or six times in a row because nobody was there. And by the end of that, I was so nauseous. Um, and I, I think a few years later, I haven't quite recovered because now I like to go and just sit and watch like The Dolphin Show, and I'm good enough with that. That's, that's fine for me. So... <laughs> Great anticipation, expectation, that's the word eagerness here. And so you could see Paul sharing, Silas sharing, and the people sitting there, and as they're receiving this, they're receiving with excitement they're receiving this and go i like the sound of this this is really good this is great message this is great word i would love if we could have the transcript of exactly what paul and silas said now in other places in acts we kind of get bits and pieces of the actual sermons if you want to call them that these guys shared we don't get that here but i could see paul talking about jesus i could see him talking about the long-awaited messiah i could see him talking about the peace and joy that it was bringing to their life i could see him uh kind of re-quoting some of the scriptures and things that Jesus said during his time. And they accepted this with incredible eagerness and excitement. I was pretty eager this week when I got out to, uh, on Friday, got out to that lake house that we're allowed to be in this weekend. And uh, I got really, I was really eager because I had a lot of fishing gear I was throwing out into the water. Um, Nothing happened. And uh, so Saturday, late Saturday morning, I went to Walmart, and um, Walmart had a lot of fishing stuff, and so I bought most of it um, at Walmart because I was sure that I would, I would catch something. You know, when you walk down the package and every other package is kind of a, you know, guarantee you'll catch more with this? And I thought, if I buy them all, I mean, there's pretty much every fish in the lake I'll pull out. So, uh, so I bought a few items, and... Um, um, folks, I mean, not one bite the rest of the day with with these fancy lures. Um, and if you want to have, have a good time, just walk the aisle there. I'm not a big fisherman, so this was new to me. Walk the fishing aisle at any store and just read the names of the lures walking up and now. That's some creative, fun stuff right there and what they come up with. Um, eagerness. I'm not so eager anymore. <laughs> um, I, I've, I've run to the point of anger at the fish. And... and <laughs> frustration, and there was a fireworks shop uh, on the way, and so I know it's illegal, but I was really thinking about killing some that way. But <laughs> uh, that's what we find with the brians eagerness. They receive this with great eagerness. Barna did a research, I mean, this is years back when they did this research. I imagine the numbers are pretty similar, may, maybe worse, I don't know, but he did this uh, research way back, and the Barna Research Group, they found that Less than 50% of Americans open up their Bible in any given week. And when I say open up, that's what the survey was. Actually, literally open it up. You know, like go to church and you open it. Um, maybe some of them read, but less than 50% open their Bible. So right away, if we, if we take Barna's research at its word there, half of us ever even open the Bible throughout the week. According to his research there, 82% think that God helps those who help themselves is directly found in the Bible. No scripture like that. It's not found in there. 63% can't name the four gospels. 58% they don't know that Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount. Don't even know that's attributed to Jesus. And 52%, that's blew my mind. 52% don't even know the book uh, of Jonah in the whale, or the book of Jonah, is in the Bible. That that story is actually in God's word. It got surprising that half the people don't know that Jonah is in, is in the Bible there. Interesting. That's what we find here. The Bereans, they received this with eagerness, but it wasn't enough for them, right? It wasn't enough. What did they do secondly? They researched the word. They researched to see if this was true and this was accurate. If somebody came up to you and said something like what we just read, you know, God helps those who help themselves, what should you do? Well, it might sound pretty good. Well, that makes sense. You know, why, yeah, why wouldn't God help those that help themselves? You've got to get out there and make, make your way, and then God will come alongside of you. He'll bless you. All those sound like good little things. What should we do? What did the Bereans do? The second thing here, they would open up God's word, and we would start digging. First of all, we'd do some reference, and we would look for that verse. Google it if you need to, and you put it in there, just like the, the, the saying says, and you don't get any scripture verses that come up. You go, huh, I thought that was in there. No scripture verses that come up. And then maybe you put the theme of that that comes up and you look for things in there and you're going to find that's not really part of scripture in there. And so what we're doing is we're searching scripture to really see if that's true. And the next time you know, somebody says it, and you go, you know, hey, that's, that's interesting, but you know that's not a biblical principle. That's not really what's found in, in God's word there. We research it to know if it's true. I think for most of us, just about anything we, we receive, we receive with a little bit of skepticism. Now, is that true? I mean, we receive, if you watch cereal commercials in the morning, um, even the cereal commercials I receive with a little skepticism. I mean, like, is eating Cheerios every day really going to prevent me from ever having a heart attack in my life? That's what, the, that's what the commercial tells us. I'm sure it has some little part along with, you know, 80, 87 or other things I need to do along with it but we receive things with a little bit of skepticism. We especially receive things that have all or nothing statements with a lot of skepticism as well. And so it would make sense to me sometimes that people would be skeptical about the Bible, skeptical about messages that we share, skeptical especially when we say anything about Jesus being the one way or the only way to God. But it's a little interesting and funny that the flip side often occurs for believers that we often receive often everything we hear about God, but we don't necessarily search the Scriptures, looking in God's Word to see how does, how does that really set in God's Word? What's really in there, and how really does it affect my life? Remember, the, the Bereans were called more noble than the others. Now, um, I'm not totally sure exactly what that word noble means. Uh, when I think of, I've never been called noble in my life. Nobody's described me that way. I don't think of you and often think, now, that person is very noble. We don't talk necessarily in those terms. But as you read the scripture, it's very clear in the context. They were thought highly of, more highly of than the Thessalonians were because of these two things. Now, Paul could have said, now I find a lot of offense in that, that you would research and look through the word to make sure I'm I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the, the right thing. And yet, he didn't take that offense. We had some guys, um, some pollsters come to our door uh, not long ago, and it was an interesting time because I had the plumber in the house upstairs fixing, and, uh, and I decided, okay, I'll, I'll give you your two minutes on this type of thing. Well, you know how it goes. It's a pollster, but after two or three questions, they're ready for you to sign up um, and, and then donate and help to the cause. And, and what I told them was, look, man is this kind of a sign up in one shot or can you leave some stuff and give me a website and I'll go check it out and and I'll get back to you on it and he said well we'll kind of you know it's a one time through thing today and uh, then once you sign up though we can you know come back and and talk with your friends and family and all of that and and I told him I said well that kind of wraps it up for me (laughs) uh, on that if I don't have time to research and see it and know what I'm putting my name next to I'm not really interested in in that side of things the so same should be sh- true with, with the Scripture. Don't think you're going to offend the Christian. Open up God's Word and find out what it has to say. Finally, we find in the Scripture that, that the Bereans, they responded to the Word. Those people that heard, we find in verse 12, many of the Jews believed, as did a number of prominent Greek women and Greek men. Now, why is it significant that he says this this way? Because remember, the Jews were looking for a Messiah, And so up till now, the Jews would not have believed Jesus as the Messiah. It's the whole reason Paul and Silas was sharing this message with them. And we find many of them said, we understand. You've walked us through the scripture. We've studied it on our own. We've looked at it, and we have concluded that this Jesus Christ is indeed the long-expected one that the Old Testament teaches us. They researched it. They found it on their own there, along with Paul's message, and they responded to that and said, we will believe We'll believe on that. Now, us believing on that, that's not just a simple thing. Like me convincing you, you know, it it takes so long to, to drive from here to one point. You go, no, it doesn't take that long. I go, no, 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 really. It takes this long. Go drive and find out. That's irrelevant to our life, right? I mean, who cares if it takes 18 minutes or 22 minutes, right? But accepting Jesus, saying Jesus is Messiah, this is a total life changer for these Jewish people. Complete life changers. Think of this: somebody in your life right now who's not walking with the Lord, somebody who is far, far from God, and anything related to God or Jesus would be of no interest. Maybe they're even hostile to it. And now think of that person embracing Jesus Christ and living a life for them. That's what's happening here when it says Jews believed. A huge statement, right there. Huge statement. Those are statements in Scripture that should almost cause us to stop and, and applaud and cheer on what's really happening it's life transformation it says also did a number of prominent greek women and greek men they responded why is that important they didn't grow up hearing about jesus here they didn't grow up hearing about the old testament they didn't hear about the long-awaited messiah i mean they gotta put all these pieces together at least the jews said a messiah was coming oh jesus is this person we see it now The, the greeks had no contacts of that they just they just were hearing about what this person jesus would have brought to their life. And so for them, the digging would have had to be even deeper in this time, and we find that they respond to the word here, and they respond in kind here and say yes and accept him into their hearts here. The same is true for us this morning, even for believers. There's times where we hear the word, there's times where we even research the word, and then there's times where we stop there and we don't respond to what God's word is telling us one of you had emailed me last week and you had talked to me about how you related to the message on tithing about six weeks ago Uh, and you shared with me kind of this this track this it started kind of mental and it moved spiritual and letting the Holy Spirit do something on your life I want to you know I so enjoyed reading that email and what was happening here and the progression really is what the sermon is this morning that person they heard the sermon they went home and here's what they went home and what they told me in the email they went home and they told me they didn't know if that was really something they should have to follow (laughs) it wasn't really something they they were sure they needed to follow they weren't sure if, if maybe I took some things out of context even Should I be offended uh, offended by that? No, especially with the rest of the email because they went and they did their own little search about tithing and offering and giving and generosity and heartfelt giving. They did their own search on that. And then they wrote me this email that said, you know, we concluded as a family that we're, we're gonna tithe. We're gonna be tithing people and then above that tithe, we're gonna give when the Lord leads us and that we're gonna try very hard that if we feel it's prompted by the Lord, we're gonna do it. And we'll figure it out after that if we feel like the Lord's calling us. That's what happened here. These people responded to God's word as well. It's so important of a step that we not leave out, that after we've researched heard and researched, that we respond to God's word as well. You know, God hasn't designed us just to be information people. He's not designed us to do Bible study after Bible study after Bible study and then say, you know, I'm really going deep in the scripture Now, depth is how we respond to God's word. And so when God speaks to us, and then when we look at it and we put our eyes on it and we go, oh, okay, I really hear this. And then when we respond and we do what God's word says, that's incredible depth in our Christian walk. And it's the model of what the Bereans did for us and what what we're shared with this morning. As we close off this morning, I just want to give you a couple action steps. But I want you to to realize this morning, as I give you these couple action steps, the sky's the limit on how you really get into God's word and dig around in God's word and let God's word uh, minister to you and then respond to it. And so there is no magic formula in the sense that if you just do this, 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 it it all falls into place uh, there. But these are important things that I think will help you in your journey to go deeper into God's Word. None of these will be, as I read them, you'll go, oh, I knew that. Oh, I've heard him say that before. So it's not like anything I I say right here on Action Steps will be new and incredible information uh, to you. But a reminder for us in what we need to do. The first one is that we just, we have to get the Word of God into our head. We just simply have to find a way that the word of God is in our eyes and it goes to our head and we do it on a daily basis. This morning, look, I've been in the church world a while. I understand all the reasons that keep us from being in God's word, whether it's busy or I don't like to read or I don't understand the Bible or I tried that once and nothing really happened in my life. Look, I understand it all. But could we all agree this morning, without insulting one another, could we all agree that it's really just a load of excuses? Could we agree on that? Because that's really what we're telling ourselves. We're convincing ourselves that there's nothing really of value in here. It's not valuable enough for me to change my schedule. It's not valuable enough for me to maybe get a different translation that I can understand a little bit easier. Or it's not valuable enough for me to give it another try and get in there again and try it again It's not valuable enough for me to maybe get CDs or or I almost said cassette cassette tapes just about rolled off, but we have the kids in here this morning and uh, they wouldn't understand that. We almost don't understand CDs, do we? So, um, but getting God's word into us it's so important, getting it into our head, however you do it every day. Can I confess to you that uh, my family rarely ever sits down and has a Bible study or a scripture reading together? I know, it's like blasphemy for a pastor. You know, you thought every morning at our house there was like a two-hour revival service going on starting at 5 a.m. And no, it doesn't happen. I mean, we, we, we rarely, if ever, sit down together and do Bible study. Now, we talk things in the car and riding, and as we go, kind of like Deuteronomy tells us. But as far as that kind of study, it, just, it doesn't work for us that way as well. Now, some of you families might say, well, we've been doing that for 20 years and it works for us. Great. There's no set way. But the truth is this. We have to get this word into our heads. We have to spend time with God on a daily basis reading his word and letting his word minister our life. There's a danger zone in our day. Um, And that is that we, in our postmodern culture, we have moved to the point that if there's anything you're made to do and you don't really like to do it, we shouldn't really have to do it. Your heart should be in it, right? And so every once in a while, as believers, we know that we hit these seasons where it's not as joyful to be in God's word, right? I mean, let's be honest. We hit these seasons every once in a while where that happens. Does that mean we should just throw it out? Well, in the postmodern culture, yeah. If, you, if your heart isn't really in it, why, why would you make yourself? It's just going to be legalistic anyway. But that's not what the Brians are doing here. That's not what the Word of God even teaches us. It teaches us the discipline. Do you remember in Psalm uh, chapter 1 when it says, Blessed is one who meditates on the law day and night. Meditates on and on. And receives it and goes over and over. Sometimes it might be one passage that we just spend our time over and over working through, getting it into our head. It's also getting it into our heart is the second thing. And getting into our heart is we have to let it change us. Let it speak to us. Let it impact our life. And there's sometimes when we hear a message or we hear something and we say, oh, that's pretty good, but it doesn't ever do anything to us. It doesn't ever affect us. In fact, I was in youth ministry for a number of years, and I was amazed how many times like a teen would come, and they would just love it. I could see their, their enjoyment and their connection, and they'd spend two hours, and they had just the time of their life. Sometimes I would even hear them tell their parents afterwards how amazing it was, and we never saw them again. <laughs> Never saw him. Sometimes, even as adults, that happens. Our Lord impacts us in a certain way, and we get so jazzed and so excited. And yet, after that, we're kind of done with the spiritual journey. We're not in church anymore. We're not in God's Word anymore. We have to let this thing actually sink into our heart, sink in deep into our heart. You know, for for some, that's journaling. You love opening up, and you, you, as you read your word, you're actually writing next to it, and you're writing things that you think the Lord is telling you specifically, and the Lord's speaking to you on, and you're writing those out, because then you can go back and you can look at that and go, wow, that's how the Lord was impacting my heart, and that's, that's where I need to go this week and where he's, he's leading me. I'm more of a, a note taker on it than a journaler. But I know for many of you, that's the way. For many of you, it's, it's that discipleship partner where you share and you interact what's going on in your life and what the scripture said. And that discipleship partner is telling you, hey, you know, I think you should put that into action or I think you should do something on that or how about I hold you accountable and I'll ask you next week how it went on that important, important things, letting it get into our heart. And then finally, uh, we should know, and this, these all flow together progressively, is that we have, to, we have to live it out. We have to go out and do something with it. You know, for years being in the church, I've heard people say things like, you know, well, I believe, I'm a believer, I'm a follower, I love Jesus, but it's kind of just a personal thing. If we really believe it's a personal thing, then, then one of two things is happening. Either We're responding to some that are just so uh, confrontive and uh, and abrasive in how they share God's word, or we really don't get it at all, because it's not designed to just be a personal plan. We're designed to live it out. And when I say to live it out, I don't necessarily mean you go downtown and you preach it, you know, on the street corner. Remember, it used to be the soapbox, you know, you'd stand on top of it and preach. Um, You don't have to do that but living it out the way we love people, the way we care for people, the way we serve people, the way we talk to people, the way we seek forgiveness from people when, we're, when we've wronged them. And yes, even the way we invite people to come along, whether it be here at church or somewhere else, that we know the opportunity to hear about Jesus is there. All those are living it out, living God's word. This, this past week, I had the opportunity to talk with a, a young lady in our, our district who, they're opening up a home which will house women who have been human trafficked. And when I thought of that, I said, boom, right there, living in a, how does Wendover Hills live out with that? Well, we serve that home. You know, we're going to go fix it up if they need it fixed up and get it ready. And when they have women come in, we want to serve them. Now it's way out in Nashville, so we can't, it's not around the corner, but how can we serve them? I don't know, we'll figure it out because we have to live out what the word of God says. And then guess what, after a year or two, those ladies need churches to be a part of. And we allow them to come right in here and we bless them, why? Because we have to live out God's word. That's one practical way on how we live out God's word. And so this morning as the Bereans are sharing with us that they receive it eagerly, That they searched it and then they responded to it. And those are the things for us this morning that we do as well. So as you start your school year, I would hope at very least this morning you would go away and in your family you could discuss, you know, family, we really, we need to get in God's word more. We need to figure out how to do that. And if at the end of that conversation you just simply say, I don't know how to do that, then by all means give me a call or or email me and I will help set you on the right direction. But I encourage you, get into God's word Let it start ministering to your life as you jump into this new semester or fall. Get into God's word. It's so central for our Christian walk. Well, let me pray for you on that, and we'll invite our praise team to come back up. Father, thank you for this morning, for this group that's gathered. Pray a blessing on those who are away, enjoying a time of refreshment this weekend, and I pray you'd be ministering to them wherever they're at right now, Lord, and be sharing the same thing with them in their spirit that you shared with us this morning. And Lord, I just, I just pray, Lord, that the central importance of your word would just resonate so deeply within us that we would almost just be fearful to go a day without being in your word, spending time hearing from you and letting you teach us. And Lord, those things that you teach us, we'll up front, we'll promise to put those in action and to live out what you're asking us to do and what you're asking us to be. We'll pray in your son's name. Amen. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad that you had the opportunity to to come this morning on Labor Day. I hope you enjoy your Monday tomorrow and and have great plans. I'm going to go back and just throw lures in the water all day tomorrow. And maybe, just maybe, I'll pull in something else. Maybe. So we'll see. Let me share a couple things that are going on if you look at the screen, things that are coming up. Uh, Small groups are starting on the 23rd. Now, uh, some of our groups go every other week, so you'll notice some of them actually start on the 30th, but they kick off on the 23rd. And if you're not plugged into a small group already, if you don't have one coming out of the spring, or if you're new with us, and you're looking to get plugged in them, or we haven't actually talked, and you're like, I'm not sure where I would go, Please, on the back, Welcome Center, just write your name on the small group thing with a contact. We'd love to get you plugged in with a group. I'd love to give you three or four options and and you end up going wherever it is that that you feel fits best with you. But uh, we'd love to have everyone connected with small groups. We've been talking about the Renovatus. That's actually coming up this coming Saturday. And basically, they're going to do a concert right in here. They've invited all kinds of recovery centers and, and that-based ministries. And they're inviting us to come and to, to not only be here to enjoy the music, but to come and to help them serve and interact. There'll be many people in here that, that just being in a church would be a big step for them to listen to a concert. And so to come and to interact and just spend time would be an amazing time. They're going to feed you at 6 o'clock. They're going to feed us at 6 o'clock. And so uh, that's free. And we would invite you guys to come out. Be great. I talked about Check It Out Sunday. That is next Sunday. There's a little card on your seat and we'd love for you to use those. In the empty seat, feel free to grab as many as you want. There's some on the tables. And use those as a tool this week. Now, I realize some of you, you don't need a tool like this to go invite. Fine. Um, But for some of you that would like that, please use those and invite people to come next week. Our goal is this, is that every single person would bring a friend or a family along with us next Sunday. Sunday uh, uh, for Check It Out Sunday. Saturday of service, we actually have uh, the, set the dates for those. are a little bit later than we originally were thinking, but it's the first three weeks of October, those Saturdays, all three Saturdays, we're going to be serving in some capacity somewhere. Now, our goal is that everyone would serve at least one of the Saturdays, but we'd love for many to serve all the Saturdays, and we'll just have a wide range of projects. And we're trying to be already set up to be able to send a crew out Now, they'll have to go on Friday out to Asheville and help them just clean up that place and get it ready for some renovations. And they could drive back on Saturday night. And so we're already looking for a group that might go out that, that way. But then we have a lot of other stuff that's happening in and around our community. And these are more like small group oriented. There'll be eight, nine, ten people that go out somewhere and serve uh, eat all over the place. And so that's coming up as well. And then finally, the, the pre-retreat luau for the, the women's retreat that's, that's happening. Now, not only do you get to go on a retreat, but you get to have a party before the retreat. So I think you're a little spoiled, is what I'm thinking on, on this. But uh, nonetheless, it's Friday, uh, 6.30. Um, and where is this at? It's here. Oh, it's right here. Okay, good. All right, good. So right here, uh, Friday night. Now, that's, that's just for women that are going on the retreat. Is that right? It is, but if you have not yet signed up and you're wondering if you would like to go, come join us anyway. because We still do have a few spots, so come and check it out. If you're unsure, and we can work okay with you. Okay, yeah, I know, I know. So, yeah. So I, last I heard, there was six or seven spots available. So, ladies, I, I would say if if you're if you uh, uh, at all are looking for a way to be plugged in or connected or just looking at a little spiritual refreshment, that's that's going to be a great retreat, I think, for for you to go on. So, uh, that Sunday morning, we actually kind of have a bit of a guy focus here in church, so uh, it's kind of fun for us too. So, um, we've, we've been planning some some fun stuff for that Sunday as well. So, that's about it. Uh, I have. Is that it? Did I miss any? Okay, perfect. All right. We're going to invite our ushers to come and receive. I want to just really praise you for what's been going on with with the tithes and offerings. So stay stay faithful there, especially as now we're launching in to the, the ministry of this semester. That'd be great. So why don't you stand with us, and we'll sing one more going out.